for the Athletic Podcast Network. I'm Kate Scott. This is the update. On today's show... It's been just over 48 hours since Stanford announced the termination of field hockey, wrestling, men's and women's fencing, lightweight rowing, men's rowing, co-ed and women's sailing, squash, synchronized swimming, and men's volleyball at the conclusion of the 2020-2021 academic school year. As you can imagine, this has been a heartbreaking day for all of us, especially those student athletes and coaches who are involved. The cuts came as a shock to many and maybe a sign of things to come in the wake of the COVID-19 pandemic. We discuss with staff writer and Stanford alum, David Lombardi. It's Friday, July 10th. Well, David, thanks so much for joining us after a very eventful Wednesday in college sports. The Ivy League announced that it's pushing all fall sports to the spring. Ohio State paused voluntary workouts for seven of their programs after an undisclosed number of positive COVID-19 tests. And, of course, here in the Bay, Stanford announced that it's cutting 11 varsity sports. So before you put your journalist cap on today, David, simply as a Stanford alum, what was your initial reaction when you saw this news? It was shocking because initially your gut feeling always goes back to the thought that Stanford has unlimited resources. Being on campus, seeing, you know, trash cans engraved with the Stanford logo, seeing, you know, just really the excess there. Every little thing is ornate and, you know, perfectly polished in your head at least corresponds with their $28 billion endowment, which is just a little bit behind Harvard and Yale's and and has been rising. I think that gap has actually been closing over the past several years. So you think that Stanford is immune to any economic downturn. You think they're immune to contraction. You think that everything at Stanford is always going to be expanding and they'll be spending more money. So your initial reaction to news like this is that nobody is immune to a massive economic downturn like the one that we're seeing right now. Eventually, it will touch everybody. And even the most powerful, richest institutions will be affected. And I think that was my gut reaction when I heard this news. And then as I learned a little bit more about it, I learned that it had to do more with a larger picture issue in college athletics than just the pandemic. I think the pandemic and the related economic effects were the straw that broke the camel's back. Yeah, and we'll get into all of that in just a moment. Before we do, though, for folks who aren't familiar with how Stanford's athletics department differed from most other schools prior to Wednesday's announcement, numbers-wise, how did the amount of programs that Stanford supported compare to other universities? Yeah, so Stanford had 36 varsity sports, and they still have 36 varsity sports because even the 11 that they will cut will get to play their final season here in 2020, 2021, assuming that the final seasons proceed, you know, assuming that they're permitted to play this year based on the restrictions. So as of now, 36 teams where the NCAA average is only 18 teams. And then you have to consider the fact that Stanford only has about 7,000 undergrads. So that means that 12% of the student body is a varsity athlete at Stanford. The only school in the nation with, you know, more power programs than Stanford is Ohio State but Ohio State has a massively bigger budget. They have, uh, you know, way higher enrollment. So as Bernard Muir, the Stanford Athletic Director, said yesterday, Stanford has been punching above its weight. This is a small school that is relying, you know, on really running a deficit every year to uh, operate an athletic program that's as big as it is. So 
I, I think that starts to give you an idea of why these cuts had to be made right now and why it's bigger than just a pandemic because Stanford is running such a big athletic program in a situation where you wouldn't expect them to be able to do that in a financially viable way. Yeah. So let's get into the why. You've teased it now a couple of times. So we heard from Athletics Director Bernard Muir briefly in our open today. So why did Muir say that Stanford is being forced to cut these 11 sports? Stanford was already projecting, even before COVID-19 became a factor this year, they're projecting a $12 million deficit this year. Over the past several seasons, there have been structural changes in college athletics to where Stanford, maybe five years ago, 10 years ago, especially 20 years ago, it was a much more lucrative proposition for them to have 36 sports because they were able to pay for them and maybe even make a little extra money on the side. I know attendance has been dropping in college football. Attendance has been dropping in college basketball. Because of that, it's no longer a lucrative proposition to operate 36 varsity sports. Instead, it's actually a proposition where you're losing money. And Stanford was projecting to lose $12 million, and that was before COVID-19 hit. After the pandemic took hold and Stanford re-ran its numbers with new sponsorship and uh, development projections, both of which went down severely. They came out with a new estimate that said that they would lose $25 million this year. So double the losses. There's a chance that number grows again because of the uncertainty surrounding football season. And as we all know, football is the biggest revenue generator for all of these colleges and even Stanford. So if college football season does not happen, And Bernard Muir, AD, said that the projected deficit would double again from 25 million to 50 million. So Stanford is staring at the possibility of a deficit anywhere between 25 and 50 million dollars right now. The other unknown that we, you know, we continue to try to get our arms around is whether we will have indeed football. And if we don't, you could just go ahead and double that figure again, which was a great concern for us. So the problem is, even though they have that massive endowment. They can't tap into it. The endowment can pay for some scholarships, but it can't pay for the operating costs because the endowment is very specifically earmarked money by whoever donated it, and it's usually used for student financial aid. You can't just use it to bail out sports programs. So with $50 million in in deficit projected, they have to cut uh, spending, and, and, and that's why these 11 sports got axed. Okay. Yeah, I was wondering that about the endowment, because I know that was one of the first things that people responded with on Wednesday afternoon after the news. Come on, Stanford, step up. But you mentioned the majority of it is earmarked for other things. Not just earmarked, it forced legally to go to other things, because the endowment is money that people donate, and usually they donate it with stipulations. And the vast majority of that money, you just can't legally divert somebody's money if they said they wanted to go to some science program at Stanford that can't go to wrestling. It it doesn't work that way. It's contractually bound to go in a certain direction. So Bernard Muir said it, the president said it for Stanford. I thought the best line yesterday was, while Stanford may be perceived to have limitless resources, the truth is that we do not. The vast majority of Stanford's endowment is directed towards specific long-term uses, including need-based financial aid for students, and is not available to backfill an ongoing structural budget deficit in a specific department. Yes. Stanford has a significant endowment, but we also have to keep in mind that most of those, those dollars are restricted. Most of that resource is going to support financial aid for the student body. It's supporting faculty research. We have a robust endowment 
that covers scholarships primarily, but certainly across 36 sports and all the expenses necessary. As I said, we didn't have enough dollars generating from our smaller endowment for the University for Athletics to cover all the expenses necessary. The endowment is nice. You have a ton of money, but if you can't use it, then do you really have that money? And I think that's where the athletic department stands right now. The university expects the athletic department to to sustain itself. And usually that comes from massive revenue in football and basketball. And that revenue's been declining and obviously may not come at all this year. So that's where Stanford finds itself. I know that Bernard said that they had exhausted all other options. So what other options, as opposed to cutting sports, were they considering? The one they were considering the most and then the one that, that could have, you know, alleviated, uh, you know, some of this financial strain while keeping all the sports was a deep cut across all 36 sports. Stanford decided that they didn't want to do that. They thought that this would compromise their competitiveness in all of the sports at once. And we know that Stanford takes a lot of pride in the Directors' Cup they've won for 25 straight years, and that's a combination of success across all sports. And they want to be good at everything. That's part of the university's main selling point, I guess, is to not just do things to do them, but that they want to do everything to be excellent at it. And they felt that cutting out money from all 36 sports, I guess they ran their studies, did their analysis. They felt that that would severely hinder the competitiveness of the sports, uh, even if they all remain. The president, the provost, and I agreed strongly, as did the board of trustees, that operating our programs in that manner would be antithetical to Stanford's values and its determination to be excellent in everything that it does. They didn't want to just keep 36 and be mediocre. They say they want to keep 25 and maintain the same funding and stay at the top. And I think they want to keep on winning those director's cups. Did they get into why they chose these specific 11 sports? A little bit. There's a lot of legalistic stuff behind it. I think there are Title IX requirements to make sure that you keep that equity in the equation. So I think that was part of the formula. But the one thing that they did talk openly about was that the sports they cut are sponsored by less than 22% of Division One institutions. So they didn't cut anything that is played at you know, a prolific level across the nation. Obviously, a sport like wrestling and men's volleyball, I think those have a decently high profile. But at the end of the day, less than a quarter of Division One schools are playing those sports. There was nothing cut that would have a huge visible loss, I think, for Stanford on the nationwide sporting scale, because they they definitely were smaller sports uh, as far as the number of schools that participate in them. How are they going to go about continuing to support the staff and student athletes who are going to be impacted by these cuts? They said they would honor all scholarship commitments, which I thought was interesting. Uh, I assume that means even for students who weren't technically on campus. For example, I was looking at the sailing team, which was one of the teams that was cut. I was looking at their social media page. And, uh, you know, it's really heartbreaking. I don't think any of these teams knew until Wednesday. Uh, And, you know, if you look at the sailing Twitter account, and by the way, they were informed via Zoom call, which Stanford apologized for in their letter. They didn't know how else to tell these teams, all these layoffs and everything, they seem to be happening over Zoom, which, which seems particularly brutal. But you look at the sailing team's Twitter, and they're welcoming new recruits last week. You know, one by one, there's a tweet about this recruit from Illinois, and somebody's coming from Florida, this and that. And then all of a sudden, oh, the program won't exist anymore after this academic school year. 
But if what Stanford said is true, they said they would honor all scholarships that they've committed to so far. I think that means that even an incoming freshman for sailing, I mean, they'll have to sail for one year, but I think that means they'll have their scholarship for the four years. So yeah, all the coaches' contracts will be honored. All those scholarships should be honored. And then you have 20 support staff from the athletic department, which is essentially a 10% staff reduction in the athletic department will get severance pay. So I think for that, they're doing as much as they can financially to make sure there's a little bit of an insulation here. But, uh, you know, it's it's never good news in, in these types of layoff situations. And it's just another one on the list of, of victims, really, that we've seen over the past few months across the whole world. Yeah. Well, and kind of going off of that, David, last question. After the announcement, there was a lot of talk on social media about, oh, my goodness, if Stanford is doing this, this is going to be just the first of many athletic departments announcing cuts like this. What do you think? You've been covering college sports for a long time now. Well, as we've established, Stanford is different. They've gone down from 36 to 25. And, you know, the average school only has 18 sports. So uh, you're not going to see anybody go down 11 sports. The reason Stanford went down 11 is because they had 36 to begin with. So they're playing under different parameters to begin with. However, the same principle applies across all of college sports. If football and basketball are not making you money, then you're losing money and you're going to have to cut costs, right? That is ultimately the central point of this whole issue. So a lot of this is going to depend on whether or not we have a college football season. I think that's what most of these schools are waiting for. The reason that Stanford has already acted is because the deficit was going to be there regardless of whether or not we have a college football season. It was either going to be $25 million or $50 million in lost money. So Stanford was already in, in a tough spot. I think other schools, it's still either going to be a profit or a loss, depending on the football season. So you don't want to make any decisions until that news or that situation evolves. I think some people are being a little too alarmist about it because we just don't know yet, right? But uh, some of the same dynamics that impacted Stanford have the potential to impact other schools. We just have to see how those dynamics evolve. Yeah, well, we will just all wait and see. David, appreciate the insight. Thanks so much for stopping by. All right, thank you. To read David's article on these cuts, just click the link in the description notes of today's podcast. Don't forget, you can listen to us through any of your Google devices. Just tell your assistant, play the update with Kate Scott Podcast. For all of us here at The Update, thanks to David for stopping by. Thanks to you for listening. I'm Kate Scott. Have a safe and healthy weekend, everybody. Talk to you again on Monday.